What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Super Deja Vu Cast 64. We changed the name to make it more concise, make it better, I would say. Oh, okay. Made it better. This is the Deja Vu Podcast. I'm Trey Mitchell. Travis Mejia is here. How are you doing, Travis? Doing okay, Trey. How are you doing? I'm sleepy. I'm a you tired s- boy. You sound like a tired boy. Are you going to be able I'm, to stay awake through this? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm, a little, I'm just like Tony, all sleepy. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Sleepy, t- sweepy Tony. Little sweepy Tony. We're, we're talking... Uh, the Sopranos episode or season five episodes nine and ten, two pretty different episodes, I would say. Nine Correct? and ten, yeah, nine and ten. Oh, it is. I just wrote the wrong numbers. Mobby, uh, nine and ten. Eleven and twelve is next week. That's yeah. the well, I, two I, final ones. I thought it was ten season. and eleven. Uh, did you watch the right ones? I think so. <laughs> cold First cuts one. in the test stream. The cold cuts, yeah. Yes. Yeah, in test stream, which sounds like some kind of psychedelic movie, yeah, from like the nineteen sixties. But uh, it's not. But it kind of, kind of is. Sort of is. You know, this is um. This is, this is a nice little pair up here. This is a nice little power pack. This episodes. was a, a good power pack, and I believe the next two are going to be a good little power pack too. As I've All seen right. the series, you have. I know it. I, I know uh, one thing. I know that Adriana is going to catch it in yeah. one of these two next episodes, right? And I've laid my bets down on on episode. Now I got to redo my episode numbers. Eleven. Mm. Eleven. Okay. Well, we'll see. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. Son this is ten and eleven. No, because I got seven and eight. Oh, we did nine as <laughs> yeah, well. We did three, yeah. We did three last week. So I'm wrong. I'm looking at my notes. You're right. Why You're did I right. jump to like, well, Trey must be right. I don't know. I never I do know. that. I usually no, always don't. think I'm right. I know. It's a weird deal. I'm now I'm now manipulating you to believe things I, I say. Dude, the power you hold over me is just... I hold Im- so much power. It's immense is what it is. Just like the power Tony Soprano holds over <laughs> over his people, man. Well, look at that transition there, dude. You're like a professional like host or something. I am a professional host. Pro people host. don't think it, but I am a professional. host. You know, people don't talk about it enough, but Trey Mitchell is a professional host. They don't talk about it enough, and thank you for noticing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so, episode ten is cold cuts. <clears throat> it's uh, from a line that Tony says, uh, "Revenge is a." best dish best served with cold cuts right <laughs> exactly really yeah. at the end of this day at the end of the day this show is only about italian meats and family that's all it it's is about. italian meats and the fam that's right there's i mean there maybe there's some mob stuff mixed in there but it's about cold cuts gabagool and family and horses and horses and horses <laughs> Can we'll I just get, say Tony Soprano looks kind of badass, badass on a horse? Kind of looked awesome, not gonna lie. Kind of looked cool. It was. Uh, we'll get to it when we get there. But that was one of the cr- funniest moments in this show. Is just popping in, just popping in and out of those dreams. But when he ends up on the horse in the house, I don't know why it made me laugh so hard. But when he's walking out, he ducks his head down. Yeah, I don't to. know why it made me laugh so hard. He ducks his head down to get under the 
ceiling or whatever. It just cracked me up. Oh, good dude, that Tony. Good dude. I don't know about that. I think these uh, two episodes geez. might be all about how he sucks. You know, it is weird that that survey we looked at last week on how they said that Don Draper might be the worst of the anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know what it was, but I, I feel like Tony Soprano is a pretty shitty guy. Yeah, and I mean... In this first episode, is it the fir- yeah? Is it the first one? Yeah, yeah. So the first one, he like literally can't let anybody be happy. No. And then the second one is essentially just a a, a rolodex of all the people's lives that he's fucked up. Yeah, and all the relationships he's fucked up, and every kind of thing he's fucked up in general. Yeah. So, including uh, his own life, including his own life, which was mm-hmm. like the cherry on top at the end. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. He, I don't know how you can consider Don Draper worse than Tony Soprano. Yeah, as a person. Like, yeah, Don, does he kill anybody? I don't remember. He, there is a dream where he murders a woman, but it was a dream. He okay, never then. kills. A, he, I think the worst thing he did was desert. Like he deserted the army. He, he took the name of of, of Don Draper. His right. name is Dick Whitman. Uh, an accident happens. He takes the name Don Draper and deserts. Right. It's the. I mean, Dude, that shows like what's wrong with our country right there. He abandoned the army, and we're going to disown him. I mean, he's a philander, you know, and he drinks all the time, and he's, he's like, probably the most, but, like, he's... He's exactly like Tony Soprano without the yes. mob and the killing. Right. And he's probably the most progressive of yeah. all the other people in his in his little circle, you know? Yeah, but we've talked about that dynamic, exactly, too, before. Yeah. So, like, yeah. he's, he's built for that. I mean, and I'm not... And, look, I'm, that's not saying much. Those no. guys are pretty bad. Well, just it, like Tony Soprano yes, being the exactly. best isn't saying a ton. Exactly. Like you said. Uh, it is funny. Like, I remember this in film class. They're talking oh. about... I forget what they're talking about, but they're showing... Uh, people's reactions to like the first few episodes of Mad Men or the first season of Mad Men, and people were complaining that it was like misogynistic. And I'm just like, isn't that the point? That's what it's supposed to be. That's the kind of the point of it. Like, did you did you <laughs> did you not notice it was like the 50s and 60s it's, it's, or what? Uh, that's sort of what this is about. They were just mad because they were bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that, that was funny but yeah tony he, he he's, he's kind of a dick to his, his friends uh his loved ones he's just a dick to everybody and this episode kind of delves into the, his family's history with anger the soprano and, temper yes what they call it we start things off with janice <laughs> on brand janice Beating up another late, uh, another mom on a, in a soccer game. I have to say, this episode is the first time that I that, that Janice has been on screen where I have not wanted to turn the TV off. Yeah, I don't know why, because she's kind of being a bitch, and I don't. I very much like Tony. Don't buy any of this from her. Uh, the niceness and the letting things go. Uh, I probably wouldn't have antagonized her to the, the way he does and to the point Saying, where she loses it. What's the French word for not growing up without a mother? You're right. What exactly even happened with that? I don't know if we ever got a real handle on it. Yeah. 
on exactly what happened. She, she's just she's a bit aloof in her life, you know. Yes, and I don't. I think she tries to better herself, but it's not. It's surface know. level. Like everything on the inside of her, I believe, is still uh, un in unrest. Mm-hmm. Where she's and that's part of how like that's part of improving your mental health is acting the way you don't feel inside. Like right. fake it till you make it. And I kind of think that was what her strategy was going to be. But she's tried fake it till you make it with other things before, like, you know, Jesus. And that just kind of fell off. Um, Bobby is so patient with her. Like, dude, if I was Bobby, I mean, I guess Tony's the boss, right? You can't push Tony away saying, don't touch my wife or don't speak to my wife like that. Yeah. You know, like, what would you, I guess, what would you do as a normal person whose wife is not in the mafia? Or who's, yeah, whose wife's brother, or I don't know if she's a brother or not. I yeah. mean, you would. That would be, there'd be some, I don't know. This is a weird, it's a weird topic these days, you know? Yeah. Like, get your wife under control. I don't know that, like, A, I can do that. Well, or no, B, no, I'm saying, let's say, does your wife have a brother? Yes. Let's say your brother is belittling your wife and saying all these horrible things and threatening oh, violence. Oh, yeah, yeah you step in. You, you would step in. You would in. step in, yeah. Yeah. And um, Bobby can't do that because he's the boss. I wonder about his options for divorcing her, too. Yeah? Like, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> like, I think he's threatening that. I think, I think he's, he's threatening he's, it, but is he I don't he think a, he's has, allowed. Yeah, I, I think he's allowed. You think that? I, I, I think he would be. What about in I a think, regular family where, like, the brother doesn't hate the sister? Well, like, let, let's say you mean if Janice a regular and Tony... mob family. So, say Johnny has a sister and gets married to hit one of his people, one of his captains, or whatever. And that's and that I guess it doesn't really matter because they don't believe in divorce anyway. So, like, yeah. it's a taboo anyway. So, I'm just mm-hmm. answering my own question. Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't think they would kill him or anything. You no, I, I don't know. I think it might be heavily discouraged to to divorce discouraged. to divorce the boss's sister. Yeah, it would be discouraging. Bobby would never do that. No, he wouldn't. He's stuck, unfortunately. He, he is needs stuck. Janice to have a heart attack or something. Yikes. And yeah, she's trying to kind of put herself on his kids as her mother. Mm-hmm. They haven't really accepted that yet. Yeah, it backfired just like I predicted, too. Just like that was so embarrassing for those kids, you know? Right. Like my wife was like, I'm kind of on Janice's side here. I'm like, no, think about that for the kids. Their stepmom, who they already don't like, just got in a fight in the stands at their game. Yeah. That's awful. They're going to get made fun of. They're not going to like yes. that. And, you know, I mean... Yeah, it, it was... I, I did like the news report. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she little, gets little tackled. Jokes. Yeah, she does. She, she's, she's... Look... You know what? Let's give the actress credit. I think she's really good at playing that character. I uh, I totally. She's doing exactly like my hatred for her is because the actress is so good at portraying yeah. an unlikable person. Yeah. You know, uh, where Tony is a likable bad guy, she's just an unlikable person. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tony's getting a lot closer to that unlikable person. He's not nearly as funny or. Uh, no fun loving anymore even tony and chris kind of talk about that yeah and he also just you know because uh the whole deal is 
They need to move some bodies, right? Uh, they need to move the first guy that Chris killed in like episode one. Yeah, what pilot. Yeah. yeah, him and Pussy moved that guy uh, twice, I think. Yeah, and so they're moving him, and and they go up upstate with uh, this uncle and his daughter, and it's actually oddly peaceful. It's you know, kind of awesome. Yeah, for they're there to move bodies, but it's sort of a weird kind of chilled out mellow experience and yeah so like they used to go there the whole like soprano clan yeah went the the boys went there for summers and that's kind of where we start getting a little bit more insight to uh tony b um and tony s when they're together getting uh kind of a idea of what the dynamic always was with them when they were with i didn't Chris. realize how i didn't realize how close in age they were tony and chris yeah. i assume there was like a 20 year difference i and i'm guessing it's closer to like 10 because he said he was they were 19 and he was 11 okay so yeah about eight nine years yeah that's not that big of a difference no in the grand scheme of things well it's a big difference when you're 9 and 19 it's not a big difference when you're 30 and, and 40 right exactly you know? yeah. yeah um as far as uncle pat and his daughter go i'm kind of here for a spin-off uh comedy with those two because they yeah. were they were fun yeah, they were fun them. yeah i uh just on the scenes um you know when they show up and when tony shows up at that farm so this was directed this was a guest directorial uh yes and it's a film director and did i write his name down is the question Film director. Well, um, I can go over to the Soprano Sessions. Okay. Well, that's anyway. the book by Alan Seppenwall, by okay. the way. Yes, it and is. he uh, has that episode directed by. I'm going through all like, the 50 pages of the test stream. <laughs> uh, it's um, Mike Figgies. Yes, Figgies. Figgies or something Figgies. like that. Yes. And um, you can. There's there's always been a big difference between a film and a TV director. Yes. Um, and you can tell this was directed oh, by... Oh, it looked great. Like, a lot of the scenes look beautiful. Like, now, digging and... Yeah, there is one... that transition? Yes, yeah, thank weird. you, thank you. Yeah, I put that down, that so weird... So weird. Out of, out of place. frame. They never used it before. No. I assume they never used it again. No. That was some 80s walk-off film shit right there. Yeah. Though I thought the ending was cool where it was this music with Tony walking. Yeah, no, I, and I liked that. I thought also kind of 80s-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, went, I, if, I bet if we looked at this guy's IMDb page, I bet he worked pretty hard um, in the 80s. Let me see. They have, he did something. Something, something, somewhere. Yeah, it's not, it's not really that big a deal. Okay. Um... Let's see here. So we have like the New York stuff going on. Yeah. Let's hit that. And then we'll get to the farm. So, uh, Tony and Johnny, he he directed leaving Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So Tony and Johnny are, um, Tony and Johnny are talking about these Vespas (laughs) that apparently they were supposed to split between the families and, Johnny's uh, playing dumb. Like he does, he doesn't, he doesn't know. Al Qaeda, man, it. it's Al Qaeda. You it's know, Al-Qaeda. It's the terrorists. 
And, uh, and that gets Tony on a whole terrorist rant this whole entire episode. Um, and this is retribution for Johnny's thought process that Tony B is definitely behind right. Peeps' death. Uh, and then they they find and interrogate this this security guard, and that was a funny scene uh, because they 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 kind of pick it up at the end of the chase mm-hmm. and they're all real tired yeah <laughs> and moving real slow <laughs> uh the whole slow pacing to this entire episode is wonderful like it yeah. just it brings like comedy out it builds titchen it's, it's it's great and they beat this poor dude down um one of my favorite lines out of this section was silvio taking a shot at uh johnny saying that he needs to quit playing golf and to uh, focus on catching the real killers, mm-hmm. which at the time was a shot at OJ uh, because he was saying he was looking for the real killers of his wife, Yeah, but he played a lot of golf. Mm. But this joke holds because now we have a president that likes to play golf a lot. Whoa. Wow, I'm not waiting into, the, into those waters. I think our president's doing a remarkable job. Well, we fixed the golf thing. He hasn't been able to golf in a few days, so. <sighs> okay, well, hopefully, hopefully he can get, he can get back on the links. Hopefully, know? somebody can get on the links. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I also liked Tony in the midst of Janice's anger management classes, mm-hmm. talking to Melfi about oh, the soprano by the way. temper. Uh, the black lady in the class is Grey's, she's on Grey's Anatomy. That's yes, where I know was. her from. She is a very prominent actress on Grey's Anatomy. If I could find her name. I saw it earlier today, but she is on, on Grey's Anatomy. Yes. I'm like, oh, I know her from somewhere. <clears throat> I never watched Grey's Anatomy, but you know, like yeah, my it, parents watched my mom. It was on for, watched it. Or, I yeah. think it might still I be on. I think it's still on, man. It's been on for 20 years. If you don't know about Jesus. it, you're, uh, yeah. Um, Tony losing his shit in front of the whole crew, which I, I think they were trying to make a point with that, but I, like I've seen him do that a few times, so I don't know that it rang, rang super, uh, <clears throat> super good. Uh, but it was interesting him losing it while like dealing with this anger issue and mm-hmm. Melfi's Melfi's interpretation of the Soprano anger and depression and things like that. It was just. You know, he's kind of giving, he's been honestly giving in to a lot of these vices for the last few episodes, Mm -hmm. like identifying a problem and then being like, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. Carmela did drain the pool. (laughs) This is the most petty shit ever. That was awesome. That was a power move. (laughs) That was so funny. Yeah. He's so put off. (laughs) He's already got his beer and his cigar lit. Oh, he's ready to take a dive. Oh, he was about to jump in, dude. He was about yeah. to jump right in. Uh, we do have, um, yeah. So pretty much, I think the most interesting part of this is is Christopher and Tony B. How they're affected by Tony, and Tony kind of makes them both very upset and angry because they they're driving to this place together. They seem like they're kind of okay. They're getting common ground. They're kind of bonding. They're they're they seem like they're you know having they're having a good time. Chris is being uh, Chris is being much colder than Tony. Tony seems to be trying to put in an effort. 
Yeah. But Chris is not really trying to hear it. But then they, you know, they start jokes. People love jokes. Yeah, they love jokes. And, and then they for love... The, for they the love... sake of for the sake of time, let's maybe move on from the whole guffaw routine. <laughs> I thought you were going to go, they love guffaws. I was going to say they love pranks. You're going to say oh, they no. love No, I wasn't, I, yeah, okay. no, I, I wasn't going to do that. All right. It's a fun bit, but I just... It is. <laughs> it is a fun bit. Uh, no, uh, people like jokes, and what they like jokes about their bosses even yes. more. Yes, yes, they do. Fat jokes, if you can really get them in there, always yeah, hit home good runs. ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just listen to last season while we talked about Hurley every single episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's more justified with Tony, because I think that's part of his character. What? I guess that's part of her. I don't know. I feel like that's less mean, even though the it, guy's dead. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, the fact that also Hurley was just a nice guy and right. Tony. Imagine a show with Hurley and Tony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would just yeah. It would be I like saw Hurley and... the other day in something. Yeah, he's he got a he's... show or something that he's guest starring on something oh, yeah? like that. Yeah. Um, also the the. the the thing with Tony is he's just a, yeah he's a meanie he's a big yeah. meanie head. Mm-hmm. So, what if Tony was on the island? Hey, <laughs> what's this smoke monster? What you uh, do? He does show up though to fuck up all the fun. And yeah, he does fuck up all the fun. They were they were kind of being friends or having a good time, and they had like bonded over some fat jokes. That's what you call a negative energy person. That's what you call a poisonous person. Poison and that's energy. like, that's the whole theme of this episode is everywhere yeah. he shows up, shit goes badly. Yeah. Because he gets there and the dynamic of Tony S and Tony B teaming up on Chris, like when they were kids, uh, pops right back up. Mm-hmm. And Chris even said he talked to Adriana before he left and... Uh, yeah, it was like a big reveal. That was like a lot of information that we've right. never heard before. In like a little two-minute section, there's a ton of background yeah. information in there. And we've all had those like friends or, you know, like the older friend or the older cousin or who, you know, you looked up to, but they kind of gave you, you know, they're just being older. You know, it's it's just kind of growing up, but it really or hurt you, hurt them, you know. Yeah, or you have like a friend group where, I mean, I had this where like I had uh, two really good friends growing up. Like mm-hmm. we were like a little three pack and, but like I was way better friends and had been friends with one of them a lot longer. Yeah. So there was kind of a different dynamic when we were yeah. all together versus when it was just one of us with the other person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Adriana brings up the idea of leaving and him going back to writing. Yeah. Did we talk about this, but we can no. re-mention. Okay. Yeah. This was uh, one of the best. One of the best lines or or parts with Chris, the the complete self denial, <laughs> him saying, "Yeah, he'll go back to writing and the male modeling career. He'll probably be successful, but he doesn't want to be around all those assholes." Yeah, exactly. So he thinks he can be a male model. <laughs> well, and you know, uh, he yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, Michael Imperioli probably could just because he's Michael Imperioli. And I mean, he's been in been in alcohol commercials and stuff, but sure. I think it's because he's Michael Imperioli. Yeah. Uh, whatever, man. That's I, I just mean, funny. I don't think anybody's been that confident. No, about that is being, very confident. Not just being a male model, but a successful yes. male model. A six, mm, 
I don't think so, man. Uh, that's funny. Maybe in like an Olive Garden commercial, but yeah, yeah. Skin, I don't know. Just stick to writing. Maybe well, don't even stick shot. to that. Actually, maybe not even that. <laughs> no, just, go, just just leave. Just, just, leave. just don't. Just go. <laughs> yeah. He may have called uh, James Gandolfini's death though, like four years before it happened. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird dialogue that now sounds a little bit more foreboding than you would have maybe imagined and i don't know how much of that is i mean the character was written to be that way yeah i mean it's not they clearly wrote it into the show and And uh, i know i think they wanted him to be fat though like specifically i'm sure yeah I'm and sure. so it's we're it's, not putting this on HB. There's fat people all over the all over the world that don't die yes. from heart attacks. Look at John Goodman. Yeah, look at John uh, John Goodman. That dude hasn't looked good since like 1999. Even when he loses weight, he looks weird. He almost looks worse when he loses yeah, I think weight. He does. Yeah, it's like the oldness. He needs and to the be droopy. jolly. Yeah. Yes, we need big John Goodman. Not, I'm, I agree. I'm not sorry, skinny man. John Goodman. Uh, right, that's tough on people. Probably, that- yeah. And then, yeah, the up and down. Is like Chris like, Farley. Well, like Chris Farley, like, you know, if you're a fat guy in Hollywood and that's your bit, you get you a lot of depression because it's like, well, do people just like me because I'm fat? So mm-hmm. I guess I always have to be fat, you know? Sure. And Look at Jonah Hill. He got skinny and we all made fun of him. We did. We did. Then he got fat again. Then he got skinny again. <laughs> now he's yeah. kind of just like, a, oh, he is a weight now. He is a weight. Yes. He's, I don't know exactly what it is, but he's there. He's he's weighing in, yeah, weighing in at at weight. <laughs> then you got like Christian Bale, who is smart about it, will fluctuate for a role and stuff. I don't know about smart, but he's definitely got a he's got much to... higher control on it. Yes, than more most control. People. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, more control. Where he can go from playing uh, Dick Cheney mm-hmm. to uh, Batman to a meth a, head. Yeah. yeah, to a meth head over like three or four years. Mm-hmm. That's crazy shit. <laughs> I saw, I watched uh, Empire of the Sun the other day. Okay. And it's not a, it's not the best movie ever, but it was really cool to see uh, like 12 year old Christian Bale because it looks like they took a little kid and put a, uh, a deep fake on his face because he has <laughs> the same facial expressions. Everything is Christian Bale, but it's a 10 year old. I could see Christian Bale always being, always having been a little bit haughty, yeah. a little too into his art, you know. Well, he's he's good at it. He, he's great he at get it. A pass though, I think. Oh, he's I'm not good. I wasn't I disparaging him. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I no longer really yeah. disparage him because I think his art is like part of his weird. Right. Or his weirdness is part of his art. Hundred percent. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, it's just uh, there's different types out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, different types. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different types of episodes too Unless you have anything else to add Oh um, also I know it's a lot of heavy breathing Okay, okay. Oh and the whole uh, When he beats up the bartender The bartender is the most beat up person in the show I think Yeah and he finally quits his job and everything yeah, Probably should have um, done that a while ago Okay so Then we get the bombs the containers Yeah. At the, so at the end Or near the end I guess <clears throat> At that dinner where, like, Chris calls them out on quit being dicks to me, guys. Mm-hmm. And Tony tells him to start drinking again. Yeah. this That situation right there is a mirror of why Christopher, uh, 
Tony S and Tony B can't get out of whatever they're trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. They can't change and become a better person. They can't get away from drugs and they can't get away from the mob because you, who you are and trying to change is a part of that is, is a product of your environment. If Mm -hmm. you surround yourself with mobsters and you're trying to get out of the mob, you're not going to be able to do it. If you're trying to trying not to drink and you surround yourself with people that are drinking and that are going to get mad that you're not drinking, it's going to be really hard to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're trying to change and become a better person, which I don't think that's what Tony's actually really trying to do necessarily. But if you're around terrible people, it's going to be really hard to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a shitty thing to do <laughs> it's to tell a recovering alcoholic they need to drink because they're being uh, weird and uh, not fun anymore and then they made the poor guy cry yeah I felt bad a little bit for Chris there because he's it's like, yeah, it's just how it is he was super excited in the next episode though to come tell Tony what was going on yeah alright so next episode is uh, the test dream Boy, oh boy. And it was a test, all right. Uh, If you've watched the series before, you know that Tony ends up in purgatory next season. I think end of this season. Or is is it it next season? I think it it plays out uh, next season. Okay. But maybe he ends up in purgatory at the end of this season. People, I know it's very controversial. This episode? Yes. Yeah. Because people, you know, they want their mob show. And and The Sopranos has never been a mob show. It's never no. been Goodfellas or Godfather. No, you know, it's, it's it borrows always... themes from them, but like we've we've talked about it a million times. This is mm-hmm. a show about a family, like and about yeah, mental health, mental health, mental, within, yeah, not even just mental health, but like mental, I don't know, eh, just going into a mind into the mind of Tony Soprano or a mob boss or. Someone with these underlying issues that he yeah. has. And this is probably... Anxiety, your, depression, all that. Yeah, and this is probably your best look into t- Tony Soprano's mind and how it works. I kind of stopped taking notes because there was just so much stuff going on. There's, I got some like highlights okay. from some of it, but let's, let's take care of the out of dream first. First of all, this this episode felt like a dream. Even when it wasn't a dream, it felt like a dream. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly understand why tony was at that hotel to get away like the burn that like the fire wasn't that bad in the house that was a bad fire holy s like she went up so fast yes. <laughs> like it like it's she another did. one of those moments where like you're just not expecting right. something like that to happen in this show and then like all of a sudden this bitch is on fire mm-hmm. <laughs> that was nuts. I kinda, it, weirdly i forgot about this episode Really? Uh, from my yeah, first time I watched, I remember the coma stuff. Yeah, I remember him having a different personality, different name, and all that. Oh, and I dude, forgot about this. I was absolutely not expecting this at all, especially because it just hits so quick. Where you're you're in a dream, like all of a sudden you're in a dream. Uh, I loved the way they laid this thing out. I thought it was freaking awesome. Yeah, but like so, Valentina goes up in flames, and he kind of he kind of ditches her at the hospital <laughs> um uh, unlike janice where uh something could possibly get him involved in the news he can't disown janice because she still has his name he can just 
make sure Valentina gets the best care possible and never talk to her again. Yeah. It certainly seems like that's on the docket. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, definitely wants to kind of get get rid of her. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. did he call to tell that to? Tony? So he, yeah, he went over to Tony oh, B's yeah, he went house. Over, yeah. He's, not, he's <clears throat> acting strange. Okay, so did Phil and Billy kill his friend at the end of Cold Cuts? Or was it at the beginning of this one? I think it was at the beginning of this one. I think it might be. Might be. Because that's yeah, what... Um... Yeah, yeah, it is beginning of this Oh, one. yeah, because at the end of Cold Cuts is where uh, Tony B and that guy are talking, and he's like, ah, oh, this guy's cool, and they talk about the, yeah. the hit. Um, so Tony goes to see Tony B, who's being real fidgety. He's dicking around at the house. I don't know. And Tony kind of calls him on it, but he's like, ah, oh, the kids, no big deal. I don't know, man. I love how they like plant the seed in Tony's head here that that Tony B is up to something, mm-hmm. and he's been trying to not think about all the things that Tony B could be up to all season long. That's his big anxiety this yes. season. Yes, is uh, it, you know it's interesting because he wanted when he initially came back he wanted to bring him into the fold, and then he said he didn't really want to be in the fold, and then he comes back and. What he get shunned for like five minutes before he killed mm-hmm. that other guy and then got the casino? Yeah, like Tony is clearly breaking his back to help out his cousin. Yeah, um, to make it up to him because he sent he basically sent him to prison for like twenty years. Uh, so he checks into the suite at the plaza so that he can get a quote good night sleep, which as we know that did not exactly happen. Got a got a prostitute. From uh, his phone service. Uh-huh, and he saw Melfi there, which probably didn't help no. the whole dream thing since he was uh, very much like he was either trying to avoid her avoid her, or trying to find her again at the hotel. You see, that was, I, that was, I was like thinking, okay, is, wait, wait, was all that a dream? Was all, the hotel a whole dream? Because I'm like, why is Melfi there? Right. And then, I don't know, like, it's hard to tell what, what was what. That's I think that but was I think pro- that's the point of the episode. Yeah, it was exactly. very dreamlike, you know. Yes, all of it was kind of surreal. I think Sepinwall even put like I mean even like him putting the pictures of his family on the very 2001 Space Odyssey in a certain certain parts um where he's kind of like eating, you know, just remind me of that scene at the end of 2001 Space Odyssey where have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh, there's this <clears> scene <throat> at the end that's pretty awesome. It's sort of like the it's very famous. It's supposed to be real, like, trippy and metaphorical, and it's just... The, it reminded me of that a little the bit. The only thing that I know about 2001 Space Odyssey is there's, like, a five-minute pan shot of a spaceship, right? It's, yeah. It's not five... Yeah, maybe five minutes. There's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> of ba- shots. backed off right there. It's not... Yeah, maybe it's five. <laughs> yeah, maybe it might be five. Kubrick was very meticulous about holding shots and stuff. I love yeah. Kubrick. Yeah, I don't um, hate Kubrick. I did. It I sounds just, like you hate him. Yeah, sure. Uh, hate Stanley Kubrick. Okay, mm-hmm. got me all off. He calls. Uh, he calls Charmaine, who fucking hates his guts, and he doesn't yeah. seem to get it. No. So I didn't know if that was the dream. Um, I guess it's not a dream, but he does call her, and we kind of yeah we start things off and okay. Do you have kind of these series of, of highlights? Yeah, so here, I'll, I'll kind of run down the list and tell me if you think I'm missing anything. We can kind of talk about it when we get done. <clears throat> so he starts out in bed 
with uh, who he thinks is the prostitute, but it turns out that's uh, Big Carmine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Carmine says a couple of things to him, uh, like uh, pick up the fucking phone and a couple other things. So he gets a, a phone call in the and he as he jumps out of bed as you would if a dead guy was in your bed, and the guy that calls him tells him he needs to know who kill. that was. Yes, I do, David Chase. Yes, uh, vo- that is the most meta the show has gotten. It's the actual yeah. voice of God. The <laughs> he is the God of the show, uh, telling Tony you have to do this. Yes, yes. That's uh, that's pretty. If it was any other show, that would be borderline pretentious. Yes, it would. But, but it's uh, fucking awesome with this no, show. <laughs> not this one. We're, we like layers here. So yes. if we could get about 10 layers, put him in a dream, and then have the, the creator of the show call him and tell him what he needs to do. That's what we need. Yes. And that's what they did. And it was awesome. Uh, then we flash over to uh, Melfi's office, and he's in a therapy session, except for it's not Melfi because as we said earlier he spends a lot of this time sort of looking for Melfi and looking for help yeah <clears throat> but it okay. is Gloria yeah the the girl that killed herself and they talk a lot about how she died a lot of Johnny Gleason a lot of Jackie Gleason jokes straight to the moon and yeah you yeah. you strangled me you killed me or yeah just you choked me and hit me and it, me and it was just like boom pow yeah uh, it was really good I like that, that they bring her back every now and then mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Then uh, we flash to the car where dad is driving, pussy is in the car, yes, and Mikey is in the car at right. first, I believe. Then good to see oh, pussy again. Good to see pussy again. Always good to see pussy. Yeah. Um. Then Artie flashes in there. Pussy has the now. I think he is a be- far better character than Boone and Shannon. But I get that same feeling every time I see him that I did when you would see Boone and Shannon. Like a again. little bit. A that little like, bit. Oh, I remember season one. That was yeah. great. You know? A little bit. Kind of feeling. Yeah. yeah, a little nostalgia. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Artie pops in there. Artie is probably... He's probably the most out of place person. But you once you get some stuff about him in you this do. too. I think you learn that he might be Tony's most trusted confidant. And also that he was probably kind of maybe the ringleader of this kind of gang in a the way. The little kid yeah. gang or whatever that he was... Uh, His running crew, you know? Like well, he wasn't. You, you see that with Artie, that he's kind of a little smartass and, yeah. uh, you know, he's a beaten, broken man now. But at one point, you could see how he'd be very, very out front. Because he's yeah. not shy about anything, you know? He's a fun character, man. That is an interesting character. Uh, okay, so in the car... And I know that the they're on their way to a job, and Ralphie replaces. I think it was Pussy who was in the front yes. seat, and Ralphie tells him they're on the way to a job. Uh, then he's sort of sneaking. He kind of wakes up in his own house, like at the Soprano household. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, sneaks up on Carm. This was this is the first time that they pull you, or you think you're being pulled out of the dream. This is and this is a lot of a kind of movies and TV, yeah, images yeah. and mirrors, and a lot of imagery in that. So if if David Chase calling Tony Soprano wasn't pretentious enough for you, 
They actually have them watch themselves on television. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I like the way they use screens as like a mirror or as mm-hmm. like a, kind of a, 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 or a window, not a mirror into, mm-hmm. you know, some other thing. Yeah. Um, and Carmela's upset with him because they're, they're late for uh, dinner with Finn's parents. Yes. And they kind of hit on that he doesn't have anything at the house, but apparently he has a brown suit there. So then the it feels stuff. very dreamlike too. Like, just just how these things are so random yet they make total sense. You they know? make sense for the other person, but for her, Tony, it's it's weird, yeah. but not weird enough to throw him off. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um. So he sneaks up on. Oh, so then they go to Vesuvio for dinner with Finn's parents, who is actually the detective uh, Vin yes. from season one, who Tony like recognizes, but it's like he can't put it together. Yeah. Like he knows who he is, but he just can't place him. Uh, and then his wife, uh, Finn's mom, is Annette Benning, and she's playing Annette Benning. Yep. My favorite part of the entire episode <laughs> is the first actor credited on the show with special guest Annette Benning, <laughs> which is just a random joke. It's just a random joke. Um, they probably joked for like six months. I bet we couldn't get Annette Benning to do this. And then sure enough, they got Annette yeah. Benning. They can get anybody to do a thing uh you know on the sopranos i think right and then we have this really long awkward uh spot where the detective vin or whatever his name is is just singing this song and you have aj in there like a just like for a second yep so a couple times he replaces finn yeah and there are some deleted scenes where um <clears throat> where Meadow is replaced with Tracy, the stripper they got oh, killed. Okay. And then about this time, and I think he has one tooth fall out before they get to the yes, restaurant. He, yes, he does. Because he pulls that out of his pocket. Yeah. So it's like um, this. Yeah, or, and then at dinner, Carmela tells him to show everybody yes. what he has in his pocket. Yeah. That's the, So when I, I watched it with my wife, and she was like, that's me. I have the teeth dream. Yeah. After the teeth dream, we basically copy, or after the dinner, at dinner, his teeth fall out. <clears throat> he says he needs to go to the bathroom. Vin says he'll go with him. And then the girls exchange uh, a godfather line. Yeah. They come out with more than just their cock in their hand. And then the whole, you know, <clears throat> finding the gun behind the bathroom, that's the whole godfather. That reference. whole, that entire little sequence is all godfather. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go, then there's like an explosion sort of type thing and gunshots going off. He wasn't able to find a gun and that's kind of the crux of where we end up next. Also that book they pull out. Yes. I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down. Um, I might have it here. Yeah, it's, it was, well, I know, um, it was, sorry, man. Um, I know the book itself, though. Don't bring stuff up that you don't know the information. Uh, the Valachi papers. Oh, oh, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. The like confirmation of the mob. Yeah, and it, and I guess there was a movie that came out, and it was buried by the Godfather. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like it was like the same time the Godfather came out, it got buried. Really? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what 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 are they called again? The Valachi papers. So those are um. 
basically the American mob was thought to be a myth until those came out. And that oh, was, really? conf- yeah, that was confirmation that the American mafia existed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now, now it's very interesting that the Godfather, uh, covered the book up. Here's a fake version. Everybody watch mm-hmm. this. They're going to go to Italy in the next movie. <laughs> um, okay. So, well, I think the Godfather was based on a real events. Was it? It might be because that's a book. It was a book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. know if it was a real book, but I don't probably know. based on you know all those books that are based on real event like Goodfellow, but it's you know it's one person's word. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so Tony leaves the bathroom and goes outside to check what the shots are, and it is uh, Tony B. Yes. Killing Phil. It just gets a little now, lost in translation. And but. this also is sort of an odd deal where things are happening as you... Have you ever had a dream that you feel like it's happening as something else is... Ha- as the same thing's happening? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of this at the beginning of it where I wasn't sure if he was dreaming or if he was, like, hallucinating. Okay. Uh, and until, like... <clears throat> until the Carmela part, like, that's kind of what I thought was happening mm-hmm. was that he was hallucinating. Um, but so it's um, and then there's a couple of lines there. I think Tony B says a line from uh, the Godfather as well here. And th- there um, was uh yeah, there was, uh, you know, Chinatown comparisons. There's a Christmas Carol comparison. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. These are Scrooge. Yep. Scrooge. Scrooge is probably probably the most one to one comparison as he's kind of revisiting Ghost, places. Yeah. Places that he could have fixed things or could mm-hmm. have made himself a better person in right. some way. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There was a Charles Bronson film. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Valachi Papers starred Charles Bronson, and there's a line: "I cannot bring back the dead. I can only kill the living." That's yeah. one. It's a line from there. Um, also on the TV, at the, I think it's at the restaurant. They had a it's movie a, with Gary Cooper. Yep. 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 Uh, and you just get a little flash of that. <clears throat> so, as... also Tony's aware he's dreaming, and yes. uh, you know he's he's very aware. He's cognizant of what's going on. He's learned. Let me run dreams. through the rest of these, yeah, and I'm then sorry, we can man. analyze it. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm almost done. Uh, so as Tony B shoots Phil, and this is how dreams work because the mob of people show up, which is. It's building as he's, like, remembering people that he's ruined. Like, people's lives that he's ruined. Yeah. Uh, And it's building with some of those people in the extensions of their families and the extensions of those families. And they are are blaming it on Tony, but he has no gun to defend himself. So he starts running. Yes. Uh, And this is... Frankenstein-esque. Very (laughs) Frankenstein-esque, which he gets called Frankenstein earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And this... I mean, it... It's interesting because, like, we as people or as viewers view Tony as like the mons- the monster, but I find it interesting that he thinks he's he is the monster, but he's picked the victim version of the monster. That yes, Frankenstein monster is the victim version. Yes, that is the most victim monster. Right. Because who's with the real monster? Hmm? Think we about all it. are. Society's the monster. That's right. That's right. I, I like Frankenstein a lot. I think that's a very good book. I think it's cool. I thought I loved it too. <clears throat> it's uh, science fiction, not even horror. Even that's I think uh, that's yeah. I, about I it, totally you know? agree. I guess yeah. it could be horror, but I mean, it's 
I didn't realize it was a science fiction story. Yeah. And that any like movie or story about androids is pretty much Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can verify that this is exactly how running away dreams go. Okay. Because it always feel you you're never getting caught. Like for some, somehow you never run out of energy to run. Yeah. But they're gonna get real close, and then someone's gonna pop out of nowhere to save you. And it's yeah. this time it's Artie. So we might, you know, I, I think this gives you a nice little insight into how he feels about Artie as his uh, go-to guy or somebody that he can count on to be there. <clears throat> the funniest part, though, of the running sequence is that Lee Harvey Oswald takes a shot at him. Uh, like, they show one guy leaning out a mm-hmm. window, and it's Lee, I guess it's oh, supposed it is. to be Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, just to run with the Kennedy theme that Lee we Harvey had. Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Such power. Then we bounce to a bedroom where Tony follows through on his our prediction earlier that when Melfi called him a cuck, he now gets to be a cuck. Yeah. I don't think there's any debate for this one. No, this is not a debate. This is what he's doing. No, he's cucking hard. He is cucking hard. And uh, Artie, Artie is not just being cucked, but he's coaching the cuck. Rub the muzzle. Rub, <laughs> Rub the, the muzzle. muzzle. And then you hear the, the horse clip-clop in the background. Yeah, and, and then like this is where like things kind of like kind of swim into each other. You know? Boy, and, oh boy, do they. It's yes. like he's trying to wake up at this point. Like the word horse. She neighs. Rub the muzzle. Horse. And then... He's on a horse inside his living room with Carmela. Carmela's saying, you need to take your, you can't bring your whores in here. Right. And, he can come yeah. back home under one condition. You can't bring the whores in here. Yeah. Um, which whores Edie sounds Fal- like, like whores. Yes. And Edie Falco put a little, little, yeah. little emphasis on it mm-hmm. to make it sound a little bit more like horse or whores. Mm-hmm. And then the very last thing we get is apparently his um his reoccurring dream which is the football coach that tells him that he could have been so much better he could have been a leader of men um this and then like i guess the he's uh, this is his unprepared this is the test dream he he he, he's gonna kill the coach and when he does the gun backfires and and the clip falls out, and all the bullets come out, and they were all those look like poo poo? Okay, that that was my I question. I thought it was poop, and he's I like, thought it I, was. I did too. He's gagging the yeah. whole time. Like I think it's turning into shit. Yeah. Like I heard, I read something from the 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 lady that I read, Emily Van. I can't remember her last name. Um, <laughs> and uh, she said that it is um. That they were, they they appeared to be melting, but it definitely yeah, I don't like know. shit to it, it me. It could be melting. It could be poop. I think it was poop. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what melting bullets look like. That's true, but it sounded like he was gagging. To yeah, me. It sounded like he was gagging. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it was interesting because he mentioned Artie was like the bad. They, these were bad seeds he's running with. You know, exactly. Like Artie. Now the that's one a that very football her. coach thing to say. Is these people that are on the football team are bad influences yeah and then but. he also even like tony says in like in this little sequence like i was playing you like i play everybody yeah like you may have thought that Artie was the ringleader but i was probably the one yeah he was my puppet which he kind of still is so maybe that is totally true mm-hmm. i don't know um he gets up for real this time and then we can i mean if you want do you want to analyze some of these and talk about some of these before we move on to after he wakes up <clears throat> I, I guess, yeah. Uh, 
the football coaches, I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. He's unprepared to do what needs to be done, which is kill Tony B. Um, I kind of find the football coach one to be almost a mirror of Carmela's therapist telling mm-hmm. him, telling her what she needs to do, uh, you know, get your kids and leave. And that's kind yeah. of been a recurring theme as we've gone through this season. Um, I mean, also <clears> just <throat> Uncle Junior, you know, the whole him saying you, you never had what it meant. It explains why athlete. that hit him so hard. Yeah. You know, because that's this, you know, moment or this recurring dream, this anxiety he's had. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the horse stuff is pretty on the nose. Yep. The teeth falling out, typically that's uh, a loss of control, which he's mm-hmm. clearly lost control of the situation. Yeah. Um, let's see. The running, I mean, the running is usually just, you know, me trying to get away from things, you know, get away from your problems. So I, I just I, found it simple all. The one thing, you said, um, first of all, this... I guess it, it was not. It was about the same amount of time as Funhouse, the Dream and Funhouse, mm-hmm. but it was Funhouse was split between like stuff in in real life. Right, like, the dreams were cut. You know, they were uh, spliced between other scenes. This right. was a full dream sequence. It was twenty minutes long. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> like it, they went full LSD with this dream. They did their research. On like like it felt like a dream. Yes, I, not a lot of like TV no. shows are able to pull off dreams and like make it feel like an actual dream. It can right. be a dream and be a dream sequence, but like this felt like a fucking dream. Yes, dude. like you know, like I think Lost was cool with their. They didn't have too many dream sequences, you know, but when they did, they they felt more like kind of trippy visions. Right, like this feel. Yeah, this felt like an actual kind of dream. Where, where it's. Where, very random and disconnected, yes. but has like themes that we've been talking about and been dealing with since episode one. Mm-hmm. This season, I feel like, has called back to season one in that pilot like 10 times, yeah, so far this season. And this in particular, this whole, um, I mean, look at the car that they were in, that's all season one for mm-hmm. most mostly season one, except for Ralphie, um, uh. The car ride, uh, the detective being there—that's all season one. I mean, the guy they—I mean, the last episode, the guy that they had to remove the body. You know, I I love everything with Artie is is all season one. Yeah, that the um, pilot blowing up that restaurant. Yeah, dude, it's just like it's this show. Interesting how they do that. The show does this better than any other show I've ever seen is they revisit things that you've seen once or twice or three times and they still have interesting ways to tell the story and like add layers on top of the story to like add understanding of what happened then and why it happened. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing writing, dude. And I feel like I feel like I come in here most weeks and suck on the Sopranos dick. Oh sure, it's easy to though cuz it's just that good. It's um, dude. And, it's and I think going great. through the show, you know, I, I was I was wondering in the back of my head, and I knew it was probably wasn't going to be the case. I'm wondering like, is this show kind of overrated? But no, it's very well rated. Yeah, it's absolutely know. not. It's right where yeah. it deserves to be. I don't know how you can make a list of the greatest hour long dramas of all time and not. put It can this in definitely the top get five. tiring because it's always there, but it's true. 
Yeah. You know, and it's it, not because it, of the take mob it for, stuff. No, you take it for granted, dude. Yeah, it, you this, do. You these do. two episodes are why this show is awesome. Exactly. Whether you like these episodes or not, this is why it's awesome because yes. they're willing to go out on this limb. I, and I always, I always say like, it, mob stuff. I like the mob stuff. I like yeah. that stuff, but like that's not the the main idea of the show. No, it's not. Also, um, so he wrote three reasons why uh, this is more than a glorified retread of Funhouse. Uh, Alan okay. Sepawal said, one, it's not just a particular problem or subject. It's the totality of Tony. The dream shows how much has happened to Tony since season two and how those events and others pre-dating the series continue to affect him and make a re- referendum on his entire identity. Uh, it demonstrates uh, how much Tony has learned about himself and about how to interpret his own dreams. Um, I'm kind of skipping through a bunch. And uh, this is the first dream in which real-world events reflect what's happening in Tony's mind nearly as they're actually occurring. Mm-hmm. So the whole Tony B killing Billy, right? That's happening as, in his dream, right. Tony B is killing Leotardo. Yeah. He's like... and I, You know, it's been... At the beginning of this episode, he's wondering why he's so fidgety and i guess it's not a it's not a prophetic vision it's just his his feeling yes it's like he just he know like we've talked about i feel like we've touched on this before that tony that's probably his best uh trait as a leader is that he's able to you know read the chess moves of other people and to uh kind of figure things out before things happen so that he can make the right business decision. And this is kind of his process playing out. I don't know that it's always worked exactly like this. And he wasn't able to like prevent the situation or prevent the bad thing, but at least he was able to like work out the hard part in his head before it happened. I suppose to know Mm -hmm. what he needs to do. Um, I found, I I just, I, I just, I loved it. I loved this episode. I liked the end where he calls Carmela like he's laying in bed right after Chris leaves, and yeah, uh, he it's five. So 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 what? So Tony did. Um, Tony B did kill one of Billy Johnny's he, crew. Yeah. Billy, okay. He killed Billy, which was Philly's like or Phil's like side man or whatever. okay shotgun yeah. runner. Um, yeah. So he he killed him. Chris came over, of course, to bring the news because I'm sure he he was pretty happy to get over there at five thirty in the morning to yeah. tell Tony about the dickhead that's de- that's fucked everything up. Uh, Tony didn't really have a big reaction to it. <laughs> kind of knew, right? Kind of knew, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay. And then uh, Chris takes his Toblerone because you know he's replaced he's replaced the, his alcohol and drugs with chocolates Candy. and sweets. Yeah. Which is kind of funny him giving Tony all the shit about eating eating his feelings while that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. This, enti- but it- this entire show's a hypocrite though. Like well, yes, and but that's also probably how you deal with the addiction yeah. is you yeah, to kind of do that. 100%. Yeah. Like if you quit smoking cigarettes, you're you're gaining 20 pounds. Oh sure. That's yeah. how it works. You replace vices with other vices. We're humans. Right. We're not. We're not invincible. You know. Mm-hmm. There's nobody on the face of the earth that is not addicted to anything. It's just. It's not. It doesn't happen. Uh, you can be addicted to good things. You know, like love. 
affection, love, affection, friendship, uh, healthy, healthy ways, reading, uh, reading poetry, yeah. music. Just because you're addicted to it doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. But you, like people, uh, just people addicted that, to laughter. Addicted to laughter. A lot of people that uh, rec- are recovery, recovering from drugs and stuff like that, they end up getting super into working out and super into yoga or something mm-hmm. like that because it, it kind of gives you that uh, not the, the same endorphins. high. It gives you some endorphin high. Like, uh, okay, very much like uh, Christopher's AA sponsor. He, he even kind of mentions it. He's like, you know, I just get a little bit. I don't know how to explain it. Well, you're getting an endorphin high, bud, is what's happening. And that's yes. just like drugs. You're just a smaller dose. So keep on gambling. Uh, people just replace shit with uh, bad addictions with different addictions. Maybe they're bad. Maybe they're not. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I, I really like the end with Carm. How they, who she actually has a, a small piece in this where she like mentions to her, the guy that she had sex with, that she's going to move back in with Tony she even talks to Rosalie and says that that's not happening, but yeah. she's quite nice for some, for somebody to call her up at five thirty in the morning and talk about their football coach. Yeah, dream again, like kind of, yeah. again. Yeah, and kind then of the that, opposite of Tony B. You know, because he called Tony B. up and he's kind of like, oh god. Yeah, exactly. She's like, oh, let's uh, hear this. Yep, I think she's real close to the point, and I know I kind of know what like her. Her plan is once she gets back with him to kind of start up her real estate thing. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, she's getting to the point now where it's it's at least not unfe- infeas- unfeasible, infeasible, un or in? Infeasible. In- infeasible. 8887 Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's not feasible. It's no longer not feasible for her to end up back with Tony in mm-hmm. her head. She's clearly making that concession, just like Tony is still mad at football coach instead of himself for not turning into a leader. Right. He sort of still turned into a leader of men. He just, just was he, not making the cultural impact no. that uh, that coach was hoping for. Right. And, and she is starting to make that concession again because she's not that much different from Tony. She just doesn't kill people. Right. Fucking well, great, dude. Two great episodes. <laughs> And we got two more. This is, might be the best season. You know, you said at the beginning that it gets better as it goes. Yeah. And I did not take you seriously. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. I'm here to apologize. I accept your apology, yes. Because holy shit. I don't even care that the last two seasons that they've kind of... This season, That's not a, as much. It's but like the like last season, sort of retreading a lot of things, and then they've retreaded a bunch of stuff in this season too. But man, it is so dang good. Mm-hmm. Like it's so fascinating, and I love all of it. I even don't hate Janus anymore. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I, I'm growing, Trey. Growing as a person. Unlike Tony I, Soprano, I think the. I think it's episode one of season, the next season might be my favorite intro for a season. And I actually listened to the little song they had for a while. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Okay. But I I'm fucking ready. love it for some reason. I, I don't like know why. like weird songs, so I'm in. It's, it's not even a song. It's like, it's like a spoken word thing. Okay. And it's very weird. It's like a beat poem to music? Yes. I'm in. That's my shit. I'm I'm ready for that, and we could analyze that all we want. Analyze uh, it. Analyze it. 
But we do have the last two episodes of this season uh, later this week. Yes, uh, we're going to squeeze in a quick little pod this weekend and release it next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Wrap up the season, then one more season of Sopranos, well, I assume. Two, kind of. Eh, sort of, yeah, two. It's one like and two. a half. No, I like, they're both like kind of, they're kind of full. Are, so how it many, is two. How many episodes are there? It's like 13 and 10 or something oh, Okay, like so yeah, yeah, those are pretty full. Yeah, let's yeah. just call it, it's, we got two seasons left. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that we'll have a date in the coming weeks for the Avatar fun Probably pack. next week. Okay. Probably going to have to be next week. And it, okay. Because, yeah, that's... I will be out of town to again week. the week after, uh, so I will not be able to do anything on the weekend. Okay. But uh, we have that. We've, I know you and I have some other ideas for some little fun pack episodes that I think after this season we should probably start implementing. Okay. Uh, we'll do the Avatar thing, and then maybe halfway through Sopranos, you get another little fun pack for from us. Uh, fun times, man. Deja Vu. We're killing it killing it man the ratings are up we're killing it we're doing it we're ad, ad revenue life. is so high you it's don't even understand how through high the it roof. is you can also uh contribute to that at, a, at venmo you can venmo me <laughs> venmo us 10 bucks if you love us <laughs> yeah do it just do it don't we're awesome yeah all right well travis have a fun fun time doing things I will, Trey. I I will talk to you and all the deja vu D, the DVP ones later on. Yeah. Week. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.